so uh, this is a fun one for me. So for, for the next three weeks, we are going to go into a baseball series, all right? And so you're like, what? Hold on a second. Like, you got to hear me out on this, though. I love baseball, and the reality of it is I know that a lot of you that are in here also love baseball, and if you don't, I promise you'll be okay, all right? Now, it doesn't mean that all of us love Reds baseball right now, um, so that's a touchy subject, but the Dayton Dragons are like one of the top baseball teams in all of pro baseball right now, so we can go with that one right now. August 14th, we'll be going back to a Dragons game. Yes, I love that time. But hey, uh, I want to talk to you today about something. So I coach baseball. I've coached baseball for quite some time. I played baseball, coached baseball. Um, finally, I have the opportunity to, to kind of take a step back a little bit, not being head coach right now, which is really actually kind of nice. Um, so I get, to, I get to just help out with some catchers on my son's uh, traveling team and uh, got a great coaching staff that I get to be, be a part of with and, and work with and lots of cool things. And, and one of the things that we talk about a lot when it comes to something like this, especially in ball and in life, is priorities. All right? It, it's situational priority. And, and, and so baseball and life. This is why I think baseball is so amazing, because it reflects life so much, all right? It's full of situations. So here's the reality of it, okay? When, when you play the game of baseball and, and you're going up to the plate, all right, you have to have your priorities in line. I've known a lot of good, really talented ball players, but their only priority in the game was themselves, I know of a lot of really good people, but their priority revolves around themselves. And you can't really do much in life if that's the way that everything in your life revolves around. It's like, I'm here and everything revolves around me. It doesn't work. And in ball, the same thing does not work. You see, when I talk about situations and you step up to the plate in baseball, you have a couple different options, depending on where you're at in the lineup, depending on what's happening on the basis. You see, it might be a, a one-to-one ball game in the bottom of the ninth inning and no outs, and you've got somebody on second base. So what do you want to do? You, well, I'm telling you what, the first thing you don't want to do is you don't want to get that guy out, all right? That's the first thing you're looking at. Second thing, you want to advance that guy either, either over to third or you want him to get him home. So situational baseball is going to tell you, look, if I'm going to hit this ball, I might even do something called a, a sacrifice. So that means that, that I'm willing to lay myself down and, and say, I'm going to get an out. I know I'm going to get an out. Like, that's my whole purpose right now. That's my priority is to get myself out because I'm going to hit the ball down the right field line. I'm going to let them make a play on it, but I'm going to watch as my guy on second base gets himself over to third, and I got two more outs for my team to be able to score that run and to win that game. But I know a lot of people that want to be the hero, and they step up, and I'm going to put the ball out of the ballpark, and then they just have a little blunder that goes down to the shortstop, and they're out on first, and the next person gets up, and the same thing over and over and over again. And it's all about priorities. And so all of a sudden, you get that guy over to third base, and now you look at yourself, and you got to go, okay, what's best for my team? And a lot of times, if you don't know baseball much, they're looking down at their coach. All right, coach, what am I doing here? Even the pros, listen, even the pros, they're looking down at coach going, okay, what now? What am I doing? What, what's, what's happening here? And, and so they're looking down. The coach is letting them know, okay, here's what's going on. Here's, here's what the situation is. Here's what I need you to do. 
And so sometimes, especially in younger baseball, you find yourself in a position where the infield's playing really deep. And they're like, the coach is looking at this going, why is the infield playing so deep right now? Just lay a bunt down. Like all of a sudden, that's going to be an automatic run. Let's go with that. Or the infield's playing in, and it's like, let's do a hit and run. Drop it right over top. Let's go. And so there's different situations with everything when it comes down to that. But it's about priority. You cannot put yourself above the rest of the team. When I started in ministry, one of the, the alarming things, there's two, two big stats that came out to me when I started in ministry. The first one was all about pastors. How many pastors leave ministry? How many pastors have affairs in ministry? How many pastors get divorced in ministry? How many pastors lose their family in ministry? How many pastors burn out? The suicide rate among pastors. I'm seeing all these things, and I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like, I never realized how many pastors were leaving the church on a weekly basis, not just here in the country, but in the world. But then there was one more stat that came out kids, the pastor's kids. And so you start to look at that, and it's like, how many percentage, and I don't know what the, cur the current rate was, back, back then, it was alarming to me, 73%, we're talking back in like 2013, 14, it, it was that much, the kids were not coming back to church when they left high school, they were done, they were done, they wanted nothing to do with it. And some of them, it wasn't even just the fact that they were done with faith. It was just that they were done with the church. They were done with people. They were done with the hurt. Uh, and then it went on to talk about different ways of being hurt. They saw, they saw that their, their parents were, were talked badly about or, or they saw how bad the church was. But you know what the most alarming part of that was for me? It was that the kids felt, the, the, the spouses felt, the extended family felt, that the church was their priority and they were no longer worthy. Man, I read those stats and it hit. But you want to know what I did? For years, I prioritized the church. Weeks that I had a hundred plus hour weeks. Years where I prioritized going to an event that really didn't matter over going to a sporting event, a choir concert, or being there when I was most needed. And I had to sit back when we were launching this church and I took a look at the priorities truly of life. And so that's what I want to chat with you about today. You see, when I stepped into this position and, and, and I was looking at, okay, what's going on in the church today? I reflected on some things that I did in my life. I reflected on playing soccer on Sunday mornings, playing soccer on Saturday nights. I had my parents there beside me and they were with me. But then as I moved up into the, the I don't know, the holy world, we can call it, I guess. I don't know, the, the world of church and, and started to, to be a part of what was going on. I learned quickly from, from people that church, church has to be the priority. And so this, one's bugs, this one bugs me, and it will always bug me. 
I'm going to tell you about a story. If you heard the podcast, you've already heard this story, sorry. But I, I just got to put this in perspective for you. I had a mom come up to me one Sunday morning. She said, hey, I just want you to know. I just need you to know that, that my son, he, he's not going to be at Sunday school for the next six weeks. He's, he's in Broadway camp, and, and they're learning some different things during that time, and, and he won't be here in the mornings. It starts, it's early. It's early Sunday mornings. It goes from 8 to 10, and so he won't be here for Sunday school. And it was like I'm sitting here with Parker, and I looked at her, and I said, it's all right. You got your priorities. And I turned around and walked away. I told my lead pastor about that later on. He's like, yeah, that's a good answer. That answer scars. That answer digs. That answer will send people away from the church faster than anything in this world. That answer not only scarred them, we had a really good relationship to that point. But obviously, here I am bringing it up a few years later, it scarred me. When you read in Scripture and you read about priorities, the first priority it talks about in Matthew, and it talks about this throughout the time of Scripture, is that you need to prioritize your relationship with God. If you were to build a pyramid and say, what's at the top of my priorities, you should be able to look at it and say, my relationship with God is my number one priority in life. And then it goes on to talk more priority. This is going to throw you for a loop, but nowhere does it say to show up at Movement Church at 1045 or 1015 in the morning on a Sunday. It doesn't say go to the other church down the street at 9 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't say you need to go to church on a Saturday. It doesn't say you need to go to church on a Friday. It doesn't say you need to go to Sunday school in the morning. It doesn't say you need to go to Wednesday church on the evening. But one of the next big emphasis that it has, and it talks about it in Timothy, and it talks about it in the Gospels, and it talks about it in different places all throughout Scripture, is this. You ready? You need to prioritize your family. Because if you can't minister to your family first, then you can't minister to anybody else. And so here I am. I'm preaching the word. I'm teaching the students every single week. And I am putting my family on the back burner because to me, ministry represented God. But here's the reality of it. Those two things, though those worlds collide, my relationship with God has nothing to do with this and this has nothing to do with this because they do collide, but these are two separate places in the pyramid. If I do not prioritize my wife, number two in my life, then I'm, doing, I'm not doing it justice. Yeah, I just called you the number two, honey. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I heard you guys chuckle. I just had to put it out there, okay? My kids, number three. My family's number four. You guys, number five. I know, that could hurt. Ooh, really, Pastor? Come on, five? I love you guys. I prioritize you guys. I do a lot here. But I need you to hear this because too often we walk out of here and we feel ashamed because we don't do things a proper way that the world says we should do it. 
And then we turn around and we don't do things the way that the church says we should do it. So when we look at priorities, here is one thing that I looked at when we planted this church. We came out as a, as a church that was doing online ministry first, in-person ministry second. We, we launched this church in the middle of COVID, and so that was a big push as to why we were doing the way we did. But I'm going to tell you, that was not the reason why we did what we did. We did not emphasize and pour money into online stuff because we said it was because of COVID. I'm going to tell you this. It's because the church changed over the past 10 years. The dynamics of the world has changed over the past 10 years. Now, I'm telling you this. Scripture says, do not transform to the world. Do not, do not go and do the things of the world. But I'm telling you this. When you want to reach people of the world, you have to do some stuff to be able to reach them. And so if I want to have church service on a 10, 15 a.m. in a building in Tip City, Ohio, every single Sunday, that's great. And people are going to show up. But I'm going to tell you, the time that I pick, 10, 15 a.m., ain't always going to work for everybody. It's not always going to work for everybody. So this summer, there's going to be some times we are, we are extremely gifted and talented in this church. We are blessed in this church. We have people that can speak the word. It doesn't always have to be me. And so I committed to saying, hey, I'm going to be at some of my son's baseball games on Sunday mornings. Those are championship games. Those are semifinal games. I'm not going to put him on the back burner because what's going to happen in, in four years, in five years? He's not going to want to be a part of this. He was second fiddle to all this. Why would I want to be a part of that? I want to encourage you to do the same thing. When you look at your priorities in life, when you look at the situations that you're going to be in, listen to me, don't feel guilt for not being here on a Sunday morning. Don't feel guilt for not showing up to youth group on a Thursday night. Do not feel guilt because you can't be at a certain activity. So many times in my life, I was groomed by the church to have people feel guilt and shame for not being at these things, for not being at church, for not being at Sunday school, because that's a priority. Church is definitely a priority for me. And I can tell by seeing you guys here, it's definitely a priority for you. But can we go back to that beginning part? What truly matters in your life? When we planted this church and, and, and we took a look at this online thing, one of the big reasons that we did this when we talk about the world is because we saw that over the past 10 years, youth sports became very big on Sunday mornings. We saw that the work week went from Monday through Friday to now dominantly you even work on Saturdays and Sundays at times. It's different. I can remember when I was in elementary school and, and, and going and talking to friends after Easter break and what'd you do on Easter? Well, I went to church. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, so did I. If you didn't go to church, you're like, hey, you didn't go to church? No, I didn't go to church. Why? Why didn't you go to church? Because that's what you did on Easter when I was in elementary school. But now, you go to church on Easter? Yeah. Isn't that family time? Like, isn't that your day off to, like, spend with family? Yeah. But, but that's an important place for me. That's an important place for me. And guess what we did? We did that as a family. We came together as a family to do that. The world's changed. And the church has to, has to change to be able to reach people. 
The word doesn't change. The message doesn't change. The approach does. And it has to change. You have to be able to mold. You have to be able to go with it. Now, granted, I get this. For some people, this is very unpopular. But I'm telling you this from reading Scripture and seeing what, what is laid out in Scripture as what the priorities look like in your life. And these are the way that I, that I take this. And I just feel like more than anything right now, this has to be spoken. Because I feel like we burn ourselves out. I feel like we, we try so much to do so much and, and, and we don't look at things in a situational place. JP, Mason, they're a baseball family here in the church. They travel. They got Sunday games. Listen, if, if I were to guilt them into being here on a Sunday morning and Mason's got a game at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and we're here running until 11.30, Mason's sitting here at the seat. Is Mason listening to me? No. Mason's going to be sitting here thinking about situational play in baseball. Who are they playing? Is he pitching? Is he playing third base? Where is he hitting? What's it look like? JP's thinking about, okay, I got to get him to, I got to get him some McDonald's after we leave here. I got to get me an orange high C. I got to get ready to go. Like what's, I got to get me a Mountain Dew. I got to get me an extra Mountain Dew for the road. And then I got to get me another Mountain Dew for the game. JP's got his priorities straight. We know that Mountain Dew is the drink of the Lord. And so, <laughs> and, and so, so, so listen to me. I'm going to talk about one more thing this morning. It's about being relational, and it's about being intentional. He's sitting here. He's not listening to a word that I'm saying. He's sitting here, and he's not getting anything out of it. You know why? Because he's so focused on what's coming up ahead of him. JP's so focused about getting his family fed into the game before Mason gets in trouble for not being there on time. This is not an intentional relationship with Jesus then. Your relationship with Jesus needs to be first. So when you talk about priorities, right, what's the number one thing? God, Jesus, your relationship. If it's not an intentional relationship, you're doing it wrong. If you're showing up here because you feel forced that you have to be here on a morning, you're doing it wrong. But you want to know what you can do in that morning? You can say, hey, we're going to sit down and watch this as a family. Or, hey, we're going to put time aside, and we're going to watch this at 7 p.m. tonight. And, and, and here's what you do. Here's what you do. You don't just keep it inside, JP. You don't say, oh, man, I know what we're going to do tonight. You know why? Because you and I, we're, we're similar. We're going to forget. We're going to go kick up on the couch, grab another Mountain Dew, the one that puts you to sleep at night, and then uh, we're going to kick up, and we're going to watch some baseball. We're going to watch something on TV, whatever it might be, a little bit of American Idol, I'm sure. And, uh, <laughs> and we're going to kick up, and we're going to forget about it. But you want to know what's so great about Mason? You want to know what's so great about, about all these kids in here, about Parker? You tell them, hey, we're going to do church tonight at 7 p.m. We're going to do it as a family. We're going to, we're going to watch it online. 7 p.m. is going to roll around. JP's kicked up. He's got his hey dudes off. He's got his Mountain Dew ready. And you know what Mason does? Dad! 7 p.m. It's time to watch church. Come on. And JP's like, come on, man. No, we'll do it tomorrow. And, Jay, and Mason's like, no, 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 no. No, it's happening now. You said 7 p.m. It's happening now. Listen. It's about being intentional. If you can't receive what God has for you in the moment, you have to be able to receive it in a time that's best for you. It's about being intentional. It's about having that relationship. If you can't have that, that talk, if you can't receive from God what it is that you need to receive from him, listen to me. When I go on vacation, I don't watch church at the time of church. 
I know, you're like, pastor, come on. No, no, listen, typically at 10.15 on a Sunday morning, if I'm on vacation, I'm sitting next to the beach. Last thing I want to hear is some of this, all right? I'm just saying, the waves in the background, that ministers to me, right? Amen? Yeah, okay. But we go back and we listen later. We go back and we listen later. We were sitting around a pool last year listening to Sarah. And, uh, and so it's about those intentional relationships with Jesus. If you're not being intentional with it, again, where do, where do your priorities lie? So I want to I wanna, today, listen, I want you to think about situations. I want you to think about priorities. And I want you to think about being intentional. What is it that you can do right now to better that relationship with Christ? Listen, you might be somebody who, who after, you know, a few months ago, you were part of the women's group and, and you guys were talking about uh, your devotion life. It was amazing. And things were being posted on social media every single day. And, and the women, they were, char- they were uh, charging each other and they were keeping each other accountable for make sure, you, make sure you get into the word, make sure you pray, make sure you do this. But sometimes that gets difficult because we pick times like, hey, I'm going to do it at 5 a.m. I'm going to wake up an hour early before I go to work and at 5 a.m. Well, the first times you get up to bat and you got this new thing going on, you're able to get a couple hits. You can get some contacts going because you're like, okay, this is good. I like this. All right, 5 a.m. The more you swing, the more you swing, the more you start to get worn out. The more you swing for the fences, the more you're starting to wear out. Then all of a sudden, 5 o'clock becomes 5.15. 5.15 becomes 5.30. 5.30 becomes 6.15 because you just hit the alarm and the snooze button 26 times like my wife. Listen, I'm not lying either. Situational ball, situations in life. How can you best set yourself up for that intentional relationship with Jesus? Is 5 a.m. your time or is lunchtime your time? Is 8 p.m. your time? Is after putting the kids down for bed your time? Is 11 o'clock at night your time? We just talked about going into our sleeping patterns. You don't want to disrupt that sometimes. Something Ethan and I talked about the other day. And this hit me hard, and I still, I can't get off this. But we were talking about this the other day and the fact of this. It's not about the quantity of time spent with God. It's about the quality of time spent with God. And so too often, when we have this situation that we're talking about right now, too often people point the finger, Mason, you spend 15 hours a week playing baseball. How many hours do you spend with God? And then you sit there and you go, oh my gosh, you're right. Like God must not be my number one. Because he's sitting here saying, I spend an hour a week. But man, those, that hour a week is probably the best hour of his life because he's intentional about the way that he's spending it with God. He's giving everything to God in those moments. 
That's situational. God, I've got everything. I've got this time spending with you. I need to hear from you in this moment. It's not the quantity of time. It's the quality of time. I could spend eight hours laying on a couch in front of a Bible, and I'm telling you what, because of my ADD, after 30 minutes of it, I ain't going to receive anything else unless I take a break. I got to go mow the yard. I got to listen to some music. I got to do something, and then I can come back. When I sermon prep, it takes me all stinking week because I just can't sit there and meditate for hours on end. I've got to be able to go and come back. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality that you spend with him. And so I want to challenge you today to be ready for what God has for you in this season of life. Put God as your number one. If he's not your number one, say, how can I make my time quality enough to put him as my number one? If your family's not even in your top five, you got to reevaluate. If you're prioritizing work, if you're prioritizing other things like that over your family, I'm telling you this right now. That stat that I had, being a pastor, it works in the same favor as your job. Church isn't the, isn't the other part of that. It's that relationship with you. Take those relationships. Be intentional about those relationships. And know that God can do big things in and throughout your life. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Richie Griffith, and I am the lead pastor and founding here at Movement Church, Tip City, Ohio. Uh, and this ministry is made possible through your generosity. And that's right, to continue supporting the movement, uh, you can give at the Movement Church. Dot community. That's movementchurch.community. But you need to also make sure that you follow us on social media at the movement 937. Be sure to hit subscribe and don't forget to hit that notifications bell. Thank you so much for listening today and God bless you.